Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? AJ, I'm fucking fantastic. <laughs> Christian, I, I had a feeling. I had a Christian Lungard, IndyCar race winner, man. Race winner. I'm sure you're feeling great. I, I'm electric right now. What What was your reaction as you were watching this unfold? Well, you know, you get the taste in qualifying where like I just like I'm not gonna lie, I was painting my buddy's house <laughs> and then I, I looked down and I saw the the IndyCar notification and I was like Wungard, you know, on pole. And I'm like, okay, you know, temper my expectations. He did that in India uh, at IMS. Um but then as I was watching the race, I was like losing my mind. <laughs> I was hanging on by a thread because I feel like they kept going back and forth, like the uh, commentators kept going back and forth, like, oh, I don't know. He's got a pretty clear lead. Oh, I don't think I don't know. He's messing it up. Like they they're <laughs> toying with my emotions at every moment and they pulled it out. He pulled it out. Christian Lungard shaving that stash. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kind of sad that the stash is gone? No, no, no. Uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, like, he kind of looks, it was kind of his thing. I wouldn't be mad if he grew it back. <laughs> uh, Till but, his next win? Yeah. But holy shit, dude. I mean, did you see this coming at all? Because, like, I, I could have seen it next year, maybe. But I mean, I'm not, like, shocked that he won this year. But I'm a little surprised it was this week. Is As fast as Hurd on Kirkwood looked in practice and then obviously that didn't pan out in qualifying but i mean like during the race they were still both quick i definitely would have thought either of them would have been able to to pull it off somehow so yeah i was a little surprised but i mean a dominant weekend for christian lungard because he was on pole he had the fastest lap he won obviously and he led the most laps which no one else has done this year as far as i can tell kyle kirkwood was on pole and won and led the most laps at Long Beach, but he didn't also have the fastest lap. So, I mean, kind of standing alone so far this year with as impressive as Alex Pillow has been and as dominant as he's been, he has not done that yet. So, I don't know. I, I was thinking in the aftermath of this race, like, was this the best drive of the year, at least so far? I don't think people will give it to him, but it is definitely up there. Uh, because people people are just gonna be like, look at Pillow, he did this, he did that, and that's all fine and dandy, and he should be rewarded for that, especially Pillow's drive. That was kind of amazing as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but like, there's a good, a lot of good competition, uh, at Toronto, so yeah. I'm not gonna, I don't know, there was something in the air because he had Graham coming up big, Herda coming up, like, so many different things. Is it, is it the best? 
drive of the year to me absolutely <laughs> but you know to, to the pundits and to the fans of other uh other drivers other teams i don't maybe not i'm not sure i qualify as a pundit yet but i would say it is the best drive of the year because you look he i mean he stopped on the same lap as will power and marcus erickson they both had to stop for a splash on the mm. last lap because they didn't make it so granted yes polo and herdo were also saving fuel but he pulled out 10 seconds on those guys while also saving enough fuel to make it to the end. Like that doesn't happen on accident. You have to have a fast car. You have to be hitting your number. You have to be on it for that to happen. And yeah, Alex Pillow drove away and won by like 11 seconds or whatever at the GMR. And, you know, mm-hmm. has had some good wins here and there, but th- like this was as unquestioned i guess is any other race this year so i i was impressed it was like and i think kyle kirkwood said something about this after he won mm-hmm. in at long beach but like it was an easy weekend yeah you know because like everything just went worked right he had a good yeah. car didn't have to work too hard and it just came to him and it seems like this was like the easiest weekend for not only Christian Lungard, but Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, outside of Jack Harvey. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Jack well, Harvey. We could talk about kind Jack. of Graham too. Yeah, but Graham did yeah. pretty good. I mean, uh, it wasn't doing... an easy weekend though for Graham. Oh no, it, not even in the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you when you're having to reverse through the first <laughs> corner on the first lap, not ideal. Yeah, and and they kept uh, uh, Hinch and Townsend and Lee Diffie kept calling him like they're like, oh, this guy's a genius. <laughs> this is what an experienced driver does. He puts it in reverse and he goes through Prince's corner. And maybe that's true. I don't know. But to me, it looked like he just saw a wreck in front of him and put it in reverse. And, well, he also I mean, still hit Benjamin. Like he's yeah, it's not he like, like he totally avoided it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so. I I thought it was a great drive from Christian Lungard. I, I'm, I was impressed. Um, I was happy for you. Also, I just want to just want to throw that out there. I was happy for you for you to, as a fan, to experience this so well, early on. It feels really good because I was getting a little stale with Polo winning all the time, and yes. I haven't experienced even even in F one. I did not care about anyone as much as I care about Christian Lundgaard. <laughs> like, I was, I'm, I'm a Ferrari fan in F1, you know, signs uh, is like, kind of, I kind of like him, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not all in um, mm-hmm. like I am Christian Lundgaard. So this, I don't know. This is the first time I think in motorsport for me where I'm like, boom, that's my boy. And he just crushed <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I was happy for you. Where I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but like, where would you rank him overall in terms of drivers in the series? I mean, after that weekend, I feel like I'm he's he's in the like top five now for me. Like, His stock definitely went up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go down. From, yeah, from a weekend like that. Uh, you know, I mean, he's what he's seventh in uh, he's seventh in the poll in the standings right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I that that middle group is kind of packed. Uh, yeah. So he, I think he's, you know, he's within reach of getting something. 
Yeah, it is weird. You you do have like that tier one and then kind of just tier two is just like kind of like a whole group of people. And there's really like some weeks people are separating themselves a little bit, but then next week they come back down to earth and I don't know. Yeah, I would. I would put him in that same tier with like Marcus Erickson and Pato. And um, I still don't know about Colton. Like, I feel like Colton emotionally, he's in the top tier with like Joseph Newgarden, Pelo and Scott Dixon. But like, when you look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's you know, what he's he like kind of those... comes back to the field a little bit. He's hyped up a little bit more than his, than, than what he's performed at, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, to say with like I'm, it's just what it is what it is yeah. and someone during the broadcast was like you know i i don't think it matters who colton herda has on in the box you know like who his strategist is i'm pretty uh, sure that was he, brian herda said that oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> well brian i i think he's lying to himself because uh, like <laughs> i think the team clearly thinks it's a problem that's why they keep changing him out and uh like he's not getting it done like he used to. So no, that's very I, true. You, you can't put it all on the strategist, but like, and maybe Brian Herter just has to say that to like, kind of be like, you know, separate himself. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he Colton Herta obviously was not a good strategy call at road America. And they made the change after that in mid Ohio. I well, And granted, even though, we're writing off road America is a disaster for Colton Herta. He still finished like fifth, right? Yeah. So it's not like he had a bad, it's just, yeah, it didn't won. live up to expectations, but it wasn't a bad weekend for him. Yeah. And then at mid Ohio, he was up there. He was on track for a podium probably until he couldn't get the pit lane speed limiter activated and that, mm-hmm. you know, had the drive through when drops way back. And so like, that would have been a better result too. Hopefully you'd like to think a podium there. But um, yeah, I was happy for him just to get on the podium this week. It was his first this year. I know that's weird. (laughs) It is. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised to hear that. Like. I I knew that, you know, like Mm -hmm. I did, but never clicked until they actually pointed it out. Like, oh, my God. Well, he's been been on the podium. He's been up there so much. Yeah. So close. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, he was fast at St. Pete, too. And he got. Yeah. He got wrecked by Will Power, I think it was, and yeah, yeah, it's just been a weird year for him. I don't know. Like, he's still what? What? How old is Colton? Twenty. Uh, he's got to be like 22, 23. 22. Yeah, so plenty of time. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know he can he can peak when he's twenty eight, and like you know that like that just might happen. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, he didn't peak when he was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> The very early peak. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. Uh, but nothing made me feel older than when they said Christian Lungard is 21. I like, know. that's the oldest I've ever felt in my entire life when they said Yeah. That. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught, I don't know if you caught any of this uh, social media stuff going around with him. Um, no. Uh, so they they cut to that shot of his uh, his best friend, like, crying, you know, because he was there and he, he saw it happen. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did you catch any of that social media flare up? Um, I think so. I'm I mean, not... there's just a lot of people, you know, questioning. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of dudes just being like, 
oh, is he gay? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did see that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, just like, I don't know. What, what, what the hell does it matter anyway? <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, in either way, like, if he is, cool. Good for him that he's, like, got someone that's that supportive. But yeah, also, but... if he's not, good for him that he's got a friend that's that supportive, <laughs> you know? Either way, like, good for him. That's that's a good it's... dude that's, you know, flying yeah. from Denmark to come watch a race. Yeah, dude. And he grew the mustache out and everything. And, you know, maybe Christian was, like, feeling good earlier this week. And he's like, dude, you should come out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, Tyler, I have to say, if I won my first IndyCar race, I would hope you would cry, too. I probably would. I'm just like, like I cry before the beginning of White Sox games sometimes. <laughs> when I'm at the, the anthem. Oh my god, back home again in Indiana, <laughs> the 500. That one gets me every year. Like I, I'm a serial crier, and I, I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't want to wear that as a badge, like you know some people do. Uh, but it just happens. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I totally get where this you know uh, Dutch guy is coming from. I don't even know his name. I um, <laughs> didn't feel bad that I don't, but <laughs> but it's like, yes, especially because he's getting so much flack, and this is just you know, I don't know. I'm sure I, he hasn't seen any of it. They've probably been just blackout drunk since <laughs> since Sunday. <laughs> Hopefully, man, those Dutch people probably know how to party. Um, Danish, Danish, Dutch. That, I, you're probably gonna have to apologize immediately for that because I feel like there's a lot of people who would not. <laughs> not uh, appreciate that okay okay i'm sorry to the danish community um <laughs> I, i'm sure they will accept that apology yes and and the swedish community i feel like you're right there i could have done it to you um but i didn't so well good for I you know. i felt a bigger man i felt like you know i i i, I was not happy to see that dialogue occurring on social yeah. media. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It does. It's, it's not surprising. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I, I saw it too. And I was like, eh, that's weird. Yeah. Like, why are people going, going there? Like, again, that's none of our business. What? And like, either way, good, good for them. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't, Whatever the reality of the relationship is, who cares? It doesn't. It, yeah, it literally does not matter. Yeah. Um. So it, people just get worked up about the weirdest stuff. Oh yeah. Um, well, and like that kind of shit too. Like makes it more, makes it more difficult for like LGBTQ people to like, yeah, feel accepted to... watching races and being at races and like there's it's just yeah yeah and it's ultimately like, a bad thing. Yeah, you know, if you're trying to become a global sport or compete with a global sport, you're probably going to have to start accepting some things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you I know. do have to say, IndyCar, like, capital I IndyCar, like, the actual organization, has been, like, pretty... Yeah, it seems like know, it. They can't control... And, yeah, like, you know, you know, upfront and and loud about it, I suppose, that, you know... Probably and everyone Indian, is welcome. Doing that in Indianapolis historically not the easiest thing. Yeah. Um. So, kudos to IndyCar, man. Yeah. Um. More than the but, NHL can say. 
<laughs> which we don't have to get into that, but there, there's plenty of other, you know, <laughs> there's plenty of other sports uh, that could step up a little bit more. Oh, for sure. But um, yeah, and we don't have to spend too much time about yeah, this. I just yeah, felt like we, we can move to, on. I wanted to address it because like, he's my boy and yeah. like, you know, this is what a sour taste to put in your mouth after such a glorious win. Yeah. Um, And you know, I, I would not, I'd be remiss to not mention Polo again because that front wing uh, was dangling. Uh, and Hold on. Before yeah. we get to Polo, we yeah. I do, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan wise. Oh, hell yeah. I'm all for it. Do you think that they're like officially over the hump? Are they like back? I think they're on the up and up. They won't be back until they get Jack Harvey out of the seat. <laughs> that, Which, that how guy, long do you think that's going to take? When uh, when will that be? Uh, the latest I think it takes is the end of the season. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't know how yeah. long his contract is for or what, but like that, that seat, it, like, he is done. He's toast at this point. I don't think I, there's anything you can do. Yeah, I think he lasts, unless a miracle happens in Iowa, I think that's after that, it's going to be... I think that's it. You just there's only so many excuses, you know. Yeah. Even Graham didn't, you know. Graham Graham has shown signs of good driving mm-hmm. and signs of bad driving. And you know, Harvey is just all bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Graham's had a bad year, but he's still gotten a couple of results out mm-hmm. of it, even though he's obviously struggled. Yeah, Jack Harvey is. I'm pretty sure is last of the full-time drivers in the standings, which when you have a guy on your team that's winning races and you're not a pay driver, that is not good. Yeah. Cause the <laughs> team clearly knows how to build a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and it, it, you know, it seems like things have been clicking with them in general lately. Graham's just, I mean, Graham had a great drive. Uh, he had a pretty good drive last, what at, uh, Ohio. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm in Ohio. Yeah, so like he's on up and up. Where Harvey, I don't know the in and outs of that, how that works, where resources are allocated, but you know, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's gotten to the point where it's like hard to ignore. You know, like I, I don't know how many times I've said on here, like he seems like a really good guy and like a cool guy, and like ultimately would be good for the series to have in a car but yeah he's just not getting it done when your best result is 13th through 10 races yeah and yeah, there's no you know what Lungard's worst result is 13th yes <laughs> so, is it really like, yeah it is so like that's just telling of how different yeah. it is <laughs> yeah on the same team yeah and was that at indy uh i might have been because i i know he's he's third in road and street course standing so on each each of those he's probably been pretty solid but the yeah ovals, you know he finished 19 well he's had a couple where he's had a couple finishes worse than 13th he okay, finished 19th at texas 14th at long beach 19th at indy 16th at detroit then according right. to wikipedia all right. Either way, I mean, it's obviously, way, I mean, he's seventh in points. It's obviously okay. way better than what Jack Harvey is doing. Yeah, so. I I probably misread what I was reading earlier, though. Um, which is fair. 
Uh, we'll do that all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time, at least. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Wungard has still been good. Yeah, he has. And okay. yeah, there's just no, there's no denying it at this point. Like, and I'm sure he knows it too. It's just, I mean, we said the same thing about Connor Daly. You only get so much time. You only get so many chances. Yeah. If you don't show up, if you don't produce in that amount of time. And I mean, he's honestly gotten a little more time than some other people do. Um, That's just how it goes. You know, yeah. you got to earn your keep and he's not earning it. Unfortunately. Not earning anything. Mm-mm. The only thing he's earning is a, you know, the ticket back to Canada or wherever he's from. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's British. Okay. British. He's going. I'll just, I'll flub all these European countries and people. Well, back to the UK. If it's any solace for Jack, he he will probably have a long and successful career in sports cars. (laughs) He'll, He'll find a spot there. I'm almost sure of it. So he has a career in racing unfortunately i don't think it's an indie car yeah i mean even if he didn't like he still had a few good years you can hang your hat on that yeah he he had a podium i think (laughs) (laughs) at some point i i could have sworn he had a podium at one point but yeah it's um yeah i don't know it's just kind of sad i I hate talking about but like if if we were talking about Santino, I would I would be tearing him a new one. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that like like I've mentioned, Jack Harvey seems like a cool guy. Just kind of a bummer. But yeah. I don't know. We don't need to talk anymore about that. I think that's kind of there's not a whole lot else to say. Yeah, Jack Harvey's Jack Harvey. Yeah. Polo is Polo. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna have any more first time winners this year? Um let me read won. you. Yeah, let me read yeah. you the list. Santino Ferrucci, Benjamin Peterson, Romain Grosjean, Devlin DeFrancesco, Marcus Armstrong, David Malukas, Stingray Rob. Kind of counting him, but kind of not really. I mean, he's going to be in the car this week. Um, mm. Connor Daly, Callum Eilat, Augustine Canapino, and then Jack Harvey. I don't think anyone's no one's gonna win. None of those I, don't, guys. I don't think so either. I think the only people that have a reasonable chance are Grosjean and Marcus Armstrong. And I can I mean, see Armstrong sneaking something out. I can too. Like at, at Portland or Laguna, or I mean Nashville, where things can just like get thrown into a blender and just mm-hmm. totally just it, it'll be a lottery. Yeah, it's like if you stay out of the wreck, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somewhere like, you know, Palo last year at Laguna just like obliterated everyone. He won by like 30 seconds or something insane last year. Mm-hmm. I can see Marcus Armstrong like hitting, the, hitting the setup, like nailing it and running away with it. Although he'd probably have to beat out Palo <laughs> to do it, which is probably unlikely, but, um, yeah, every, every week, Romain Grosjean, seems like he is less and less capable of winning an IndyCar race. I, I believe that. And I don't even know what happened this week. I don't know if anyone knows. Um, it's kind of like the, the the wheel just slipped out of his hands. 
some people are saying that he's just kind of he's got some mental stuff that he should figure out which I'm I kind of sure I kind of understand I'm an angry guy myself um and he, but he's pretty angry <laughs> he's very angry so uh you know and maybe maybe that is uh but also maybe he's just uh maybe he's getting old maybe he's uh maybe he I think he f- has forgotten how to win because he has not won in anything in like over 10 years. Yeah. Like the last thing, the last thing he has won in is like GP2, which that was again, like literally 12 years ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, Gorjan, you might, uh, yeah, I could see forgetting how to win. I could also just see like forgetting how to drive. Um <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. He just like he went straight into that wall and it kind of looked like maybe a tire locked up or something, but uh, he said the wheels slipped out of his hands. I don't Listen, I you can only blame the car on that stuff so often. I wonder if he clipped the inside wall and like didn't realize it and yeah. just it shot him out into cuz he was pretty wide out there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's since the GMR, he has not had a better finish than 13, which considering how we were just talking about Jack Harvey mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, he had those back to back runner up finishes at Long Beach and Barber. But other than that, his best finish is 11th. <laughs> and that was the GMR. And I don't know how many he I will. He didn't like actually wreck at Road America. But he spun, I don't know how many times. He wrecked at Detroit again. He wrecked it here last week in Toronto. He wrecked in the 500. He wrecked in Texas and he wrecked in St. Pete. Yeah. (laughs) I'm wondering if he even has a ride next year. I think he'll find someone. You know, I like, you know, because he's in a tie. Who does he drive with right now? Andretti? Andretti. Yeah, so that's a top one of the top teams. Um maybe not this year, but uh I feel like most years. Uh so maybe he drops to a lower team. Does that happen a lot? I don't really know. It it does, but I mean you look at a guy like Simon Pagino, who's with Penske for a handful of years and is now at Meyer Shank. Um the thing about that is that I don't think Roman Grosjean is going to take a pay cut to go drive for, you know, Hunkos Hollinger or even going back to Dale Coyne or Ed Carpenter or whoever, you know, you, you think he'd go to a different like series. I, yeah, I think he would go to like WEC or something. Yeah. I mean, he's still a name. He can kind of go around and probably get more money. Well, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of like the standard you know, the standard operating procedure for old washed up F1 drivers is to like go to whack, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> in the endurance races, you're kind of insulated from, you know, it's a team sport. So it's a little less, you know, mm-hmm. not the spotlight's not as big and they're usually factory rides. So, you, you know, it pays decently, but I don't I don't see him like getting what he would want pay wise by dropping to a smaller team and 
I also don't think I because I was trying to convince myself of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe Andretti's gonna go another route. Maybe they'll sign Marcus Armstrong or like some young up and comer. You know? Yeah. Now that I don't know if we talked about this last week, but Andretti kind of said publicly, like, we're going to four paid drivers. Like we're looking for the four best drivers to fill out our roster next year, which I read reading between the lines kind of means Devlin is out. He's yeah. not going to be back. Um, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. Well, we were talking about where Grosjean might end up. I know, but I'm trying to, I can't remember the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like, I know where I want to go, but I can't remember what the connection was between that and where I'm going. <laughs> Then I would just uh, go to where you're going. Well, anyway, so like (laughs) long story short, my point is for a small team, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to sign someone like Romain Grosjean because he does wreck a ton of race cars. And if you're a small team, do you want someone in your car who is just going to drive your budget up up astronomically? Not only in pay like the, the driver budget because it's not like Romain Grosjean's gonna bring money he no. was he was an F1 driver and he was like a very popular F1 driver he's not gonna be like here's you know here's what I'm gonna <laughs> pay to, to drive your indie car so not only is that budget gonna go up but like <laughs> your parts and you know your payroll and everything is going to go up because they're going to have to spend extra hours in the shop putting all these cars back together because he's wrecking five yeah. out of ten weeks. Every other week, you're putting together a car. You know? Yeah. And the team's got to be frustrated. <laughs> yeah. And for like a, a team like Hugo's Hollinger, and it's not like he's got that much experience in an Indy car either. Like, Well, Hugo's got Isla, right? And Canapino. I like he crashes a decent amount. Who, Ilot not. or Canapino? Ilot. Has he? I mean, he I got... Feel like he has, but maybe not. He, I mean, he got he gets caught up by... Well, yeah, I, and I think part of that is just like being mid-pack, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of... You're back in the chaos and stuff happens. Um, I mean, he got absolutely railroaded at Detroit by Kirkwood, which wasn't yeah. his fault, obviously. But I can't really think of any other time that he's wrecked a car. He hasn't okay. he hasn't been stellar this year. He had a good start, but yeah. No, I still and think and you're also good. you're also not paying him what you're paying yeah. Grosjean. Romain Grosjean money. Yeah. Yeah. Um I do think Grosjean's good for the sport though. Uh like F one fans will go. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to go to an indie car race just because they're like, Oh, I get to see Grosjean. Yeah. And uh that's like a good thing to have. Uh but sounds like there might be some other F1 drivers looking for a spot next year. So uh, you could kind of do the same thing. Uh, and Groshan's drive to survive season is getting kind of old. So maybe it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, even a guy like Nick DeVries isn't going to command the type of money that Roman Groshan was. Granted, Nick DeVries is not going to bring Roman Groshan level of <laughs> yeah, exactly. people in, into into the in, into races and into seats but I, it is ironic though that i think grosjean one of grosjean's best achievements or if you want to call it that is crashing uh and surviving <laughs> like <laughs> what he's known for yeah. that's that's kind of like what i know him for i know like 
other like non other like hard hard the hardcore guys who were there before me watching Grosjean race <laughs> don't uh, see him that way. I don't, you're, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're alone. <laughs> um, I know you wanted to talk about Pelot. We should get back to that. I kind of interrupted yeah. you and then we kind of snowballed from there, but no, it's okay. Um, I just thought that he had a great race again. Uh, you know, he was my pick. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> how bold, <laughs> uh, but like, cause, uh, he didn't, he didn't qualify well because of the rain and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to go and last that long with that freaking dink front wing. And there was a lot of front wing problems. Like, this whole race, I was like, man, everyone's front wing's getting messed up. Uh, so I don't know. It was cool to see him like kind of fight, have to battle adversity. It was, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was nice to see him not walk away with it with no, absolutely no trouble. And he I, almost, yeah, I agree. Like, he almost, he did pretty damn well for. He did. He did kind of get bailed out by. McLaughlin and Dixon opting to stay out, which ultimately like I, and, when that, well, this is, we'll get back to that. This is getting away from Alex Pelother, but I mean, they Erickson, did him a favor. Erickson and power both run out of fuel, right? Because were, were they ahead of him at that time? No, they were behind him. Ah, okay. Never mind. But uh, he did get bailed out by Herda too. He was kind of the buffer between power and, in Pelot. Yeah. Because Herder was also having to save fuel. So he did have kind of a bodyguard preventing. And it, Will Power has been known, <laughs> for better or worse, to make some pretty drastic moves and <laughs> short sighted moves. So I think he got helped out big time by Herder also having to save fuel. And obviously, Herta was quick all weekend. And if he had been able to push, I think he easily gets by him because he almost got by him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he kind of benefited from the strategy calls from everyone else. But what did you think about the front wing? Do you think race control should have called him in, should have black flagged him to to change the front wing? I mean, without knowing the rules, uh Full disclosure, I don't know what the rule is either. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, you know, I haven't seen them black flag anyone else. Have I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's I been don't... anything this year. I can't um, remember. So, I mean, I think I'm okay with them not. Uh, it, now, if the whole thing came off, <laughs> I mean, it was it was hanging on by a thread. It was. <laughs> Uh, but I think they were kind of like, oh, there's like one lap, <laughs> you know, there's a couple laps. Like, yeah. uh, I think they, it's hard to say, man. I, cause I don't want them to interfere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also don't want Polo to just like get away because he's the championship leader. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the fine line. Just to, yeah. It, in four, you know, I will, look back on this if there if there is a black flag later this year i will look back on this and go hmm did they apply the rule consistently yeah that's all i care about yeah yeah i mean if if they let people go the rest of the year i'm kind of in the same boat like you know then okay that's what that's how they're gonna call it that's fine 
if the, the circumstances are different, you know, like if it's in the, if that happened on like lap, like, you know, 50 or whatever, I think, yeah, you should black flag him. Yeah. He's trying to make it last like, <laughs> until yeah. the next stop. Yeah. Or he's like all the way at the back of the field, you know? Whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I'm kind of with you. Like I said, I see both sides of it. Like, yeah, you don't want to interfere with what's going on because, you know, it's a race and it could have huge implications not only on the race mm-hmm. and on the championship, but that also applies the other way. And just because it didn't come off and it didn't cause a problem for anyone else, like doesn't mean it couldn't have. And if, I mean, it's a whole front wing. <laughs> yeah. Like if the whole thing falls off, that could ruin I mean, someone's day. Yeah. yeah. Someone could run over that. He could run over it. He could wreck <laughs> like that could change everything for everyone. And so I'm all like, I'm torn because yeah, it would suck to call in the guy in second because a wings dangling off and could fall off, but hasn't yet, but it could have, that's the thing. Like, and I, I just, I don't know what to put more weight into whether yeah. it didn't. So they shouldn't have, or it could have. So they should have, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Race, you know, like being that referee has got to be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> you not- could not pay me enough to be an official in any sport. It's not just Doug Bowles up there, like, you know, <laughs> like with the emperor, <laughs> thumb up, thumb down. <laughs> Somewhat related. Little League umpires are the most underpaid people on earth. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and a lot of them are like little leaguers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I agree. Those kids should be paid probably way more for dealing with uh, parents that abuse their uh, authority. <laughs> it's not even an authority because they have no authority. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What would happen yeah. if someone got sent to the parking lot at a little league game and they just didn't go? <laughs> no i'm staying right here i mean what's a kid gonna call the cops i don't know you gotta think they might he's gonna he's gonna call doug bowles (laughs) (laughs) doug bowles can talk anyone down yeah for for the record doug bowles does not make any race control calls (laughs) just just so that's clear for you and anyone listening doug bowles is the president of the indianapolis motor speedway so he is not in any way involved with how the races run or the rules or anything he's just kind of like like to me he's kind of a character i don't know and i i envision him as like the head (laughs) i I mean he's the most visible i think of anyone outside of maybe roger penske like yeah if you've been to Indianapolis Motor Speedway more than one time, you've probably met Doug Bowles. <laughs> you've probably seen him in person, like within 10 feet of you. So I get I get how I why you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. So Alex Pillow, I mean, he did extend his points lead, which is terrifying. Not surprising, but yeah, I mean, he's running away with it. Uh I don't think anyone catches him still. Uh, it Dixon or was it Dixon or Power was like, yeah, you know, we'll see who gets second. <laughs> that's really, <laughs> yeah. I that's really becoming clear to me now because that picture is so uh, so short. How many people? Like, I don't, I don't. What are the standings at right now? Like, how 
You got like uh so he's up 117 points on Joseph on Scott Dixon and Scott Dixon or sorry. <laughs> Joseph Newgarden is in third and he's 126 points back. And then even further, you have Marcus Erickson and Pato Award in fourth and fifth, 142 and 143 back. Yeah, it feels like it's anyone's game still for second. Um, yeah. So like anyone, even the guys probably outside of that, even Christian Lungard. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's only he's only 52 points back of Scott Dixon. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of it's it's almost exactly like F1 this year, which I don't know if you've seen this. People calling it Formula 1.5. That's kind of where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> we're in that territory this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely feels weird, man. Um, just because I, I said it last time, you know, like was not expecting someone to run away with a championship in my mm-hmm. first season, really watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's impressive. Like everyone, he qualified what seventeenth or wherever he started, fifteenth, and. Everyone was kind of like, I think they said this on the broadcast. I can't remember who said it, but it's kind of like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about him this week. And then he just goes out and, and he, you <laughs> almost did second still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You, it's he's just on another level. There's only so many he, times uh, you can say it. Do you think he stays? Like, is there any news on if he stays or if he goes? I have not heard anything and with any, uh, with any luck, I'm sure something will come out between when we're recording this and when we post it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you think if, well, if he, I, I think the most likely scenario is he goes to F1. I think that's kind of, it seems super likely. Yeah. (laughs) But like hard to ignore. Maybe that's what just me doing? and my bubble. I don't know. Um, and my my hope, it just seems like he's going to make a ton of money going there um, in comparison to IndyCar. Uh, and yeah. he'll probably perform. Well, I think is as messed up as the Red Bull situation is outside of Max Verstappen. I think like they're the obvious candidates and they're the, I think, the most likely to like go with someone outside the box because i mean there was a little while they had pato award in their junior program and he went over to super formula and ran some races and stuff and i mean there was a lot of talk last year that they were trying to get colton herda but colton herda Mm -hmm. didn't have a super license all that stuff i mean plo obviously doesn't have to worry about that so i think if they were interested in colton herda i think they're definitely interested in alex plo yeah yeah, so that makes sense. If everything works out and like whatever their one guy's Liam Lawson, I can't remember. I think that's it. Liam Lawson um, is one of their development drivers. The fact that they didn't go to him to fill in the Alpha Tori ride for Nick DeVries, that tells me like they're not. He's not ready. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And especially like, I don't know what happens with Sergio Perez. Who knows at this point? It's, I, you know, I think it's anyone's guess, really. But, yeah, I think, and as fast as Pelot was it in practice at Coda last year for the USGP, I think, I think he's the obvious choice for anyone. Um, granted, some people have to go from, like, their own development programs or whatever, but. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I am curious if that doesn't work out. If he stays with Ganassi ultimately, because I, I don't know why you would leave. Yeah. I mean, if Ganassi's going to offer you, because McLaren probably isn't going to offer, no one's going to be able to offer him much more than the rumored 4 million. Right. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, Like that. Ganassi's probably smart for like putting his money where his mouth is mm-hmm. uh, and at least tempting him. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to, it would be cool to see him stay at Ganassi. Mm-hmm. The question I would have is like, can he continue this kind of dominance <laughs> into next season? Um, I feel like people will figure stuff out, but maybe, maybe he's just that good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Alex Zanardi did it for two years. I know a couple episodes ago, we talked about the comparisons between him and Alex Zanardi. And I mean, he did it two years in a row, 97, 98. He kind of walked away with the title both years. And I think we're in that territory. Like, I think he is that good. And I guess I don't know if, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but (laughs) I guess, (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is that there he could potentially continue this level of dominance at Ganassi. I don't think if he goes to McLaren, they'll be able he'll be able to keep this up. I don't think McLaren is at the Ganassi level yet. I totally agree with that. I don't think McLaren really is putting the resources like I think they're really focusing F1. Um I don't know. I think they're putting a lot of money and effort towards I mean there's program. Certainly, I think they are. I think they're the most well-funded IndyCar program. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But when I look at the paddock and I see they have basically their whole like F1 setup just in IndyCar form, uh, it's hard for me to not think like, yeah, they're spending a ton of money. Um, yeah, they definitely are. But are they spending the F1 money? I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're on the same tier as Penske and Ganassi. I think that's they're though like all on the same level is the feeling I get. I think part of it is that Ganassi has been around for, you know, almost 30 years at this point, maybe even over 30 years, but McLaren for better or worse has only been around for in, you know, true McLaren form has only been around for like four years or whatever, or this is their fourth season, I guess. So like, I think that's a big part of it is that Ganassi has all of this history and experience to draw on. And McLaren doesn't have that yet. And like that McLaren took on Schmidt Peterson, which they were, I mean, they were a good team. They won some races with Hinch, but they weren't on the Ganassi or Penske level, obviously. Or mm-hmm. Andretti level, even like it's. I don't know. I'm I'm talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's good to get your opinion about it and to know like it's good to hear your opinion on it and like the fact that they're only four years in like that kind of adds some context uh, that I don't know if I had before. Uh, I yeah. kind of thought they'd been around for like I knew they were newer, but four seems really young. Um, and like they probably don't even like know the ins and outs of the courses, uh, to the extent that Ganassi or Andretti or other guys who've just been around more have. 
Well, so they they came in. I, well, it's weird. So I think it was 2017. They partnered with Andretti to run Fernando Alonso at the Indy 500. And that was kind of their introduction. Um, and I think, did Alonso run in 2019? The 500? I know he ran in 2020. Oh, 2018. That was the year. Or was that 2019? Okay, yeah. So, so in 2019... McLaren partnered with Carlin, which is now they're like a F2, F3 program, kind of the feeder series program. Um, they had an IndyCar team for a handful of years. McLaren partnered with Carlin for the 2019 Indy 500, and um, Alonzo didn't qualify. He got bumped for the Indy 500. Um, and then 2020, they bought into Schmidt-Peterson. And that's when it was, it became Aero McLaren SP or whatever, mm-hmm. when everyone would call it spam. <laughs> um, that was when it was like McLaren had an actual ownership interest in a team, was 2020. Um, and that they, that was Pato and Oliver Askew were their two drivers. Um, and then Askew got let go after 2020. That's when Felix came on. And, and Felix bailed on Ganassi <laughs> to move over to McLaren. And then obviously 2022, that was Pato and Felix again. And then now this year they brought in Rossi. So yeah. it's they're their fourth season, like full time in IndyCar. I guess uh, another question I have is just like, because Pelot won a championship with Ganassi, right? Yeah, in 2021. And then he didn't win in 2022 and he tried to leave. Yeah. Why? If <laughs> he just won. Uh, um, I mean, he wasn't having the same kind of year he had in 2021. I mean, he he didn't win a race until the finale at Laguna. That was his first win all year. Um, he didn't have a bad year. He didn't have like obviously he didn't win the title. Mm-hmm. Um and he didn't, you know. He didn't have like a great season. He finished fifth in the championship, which is good, but oh, he was also yeah. behind Scott Dixon, just ahead of Marcus Erickson. Um, but also McLaren, I'm sure, was offering him way more money than Ganassi was at that point. Yeah, because he hadn't won, <laughs> you know, four four out of five races. So, um, you didn't have I, Chip coming out to the car and leaning over and saying, "I'm going to make you." I'm going to make you a thousand air kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like I, I think at that point, McLaren was like a step up. Yeah. And obviously the way things are going right now, McLaren is a step down. So that's, that's just why, like, it's just an interesting wrench that's getting thrown in here is because like last year, the obvious decision was to move to McLaren because McLaren was winning races last year and they won a couple polls with Felix and Pato won a couple races and everything. It w- it would have been a good move, but obviously this year now it probably wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, that's how things go, though. Like it doesn't always work out. People don't, you know. It team is Penske's really... always been the team to go to, and people have moved there, and things have not worked out, and like the team has kind of taken a step back and hasn't been as good as they've always been. So it's yeah, it's just that's part of the deal. It's like where do you go if you're below? You stay if they think you had you. If you're not going to have one, you probably stay in. 
Um, I, that's what I would do. I, I still think he wants to be in F1 and I, part of M- McLaren, they, yeah. you know, their whole sell selling point might be like, Hey, there's a potential, you know, path to a ride. Like, you, you know, you're already he's in better the family. Than that. He's better than that. If he did that uh, with the promise of future of a future seed. Wow. I don't know. I would be, I feel like that's a horrible move. Um, Cause they're not valuing you at what you are. Uh, well, I think part of it is that like, they don't know what they have in F1, you know, and it's like a whole different world and there's mm-hmm. a whole different feeder series for that. So I think they can kind of, you know, dangle that carrot because it is kind of truly unknown. Yeah, I'm, it's fair, but I mean, it's unknown. But what if Polo is the next show? Hey, Otani, you know? Well, then McLaren should have jumped on him years ago. Just like all of us should have jumped on Shohei years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, I think if the Cubs had jumped on Shohei years ago, they would still be exactly where they are now. <laughs> and they'd be oh, yeah, exactly that's... where the Angels are now, where they're having to... Okay, maybe it's not know. a direct uh, good comparison, but... Uh, yeah, they'd <laughs> be selling at the trade deadline, but... Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, Polo is definitely the one to watch. I th- it is funny that because Mc- McLaren hasn't won a race yet. Um, I, I don't would think- love if IndyCar teams could trade drivers. <laughs> Still thinking about that. <laughs> we should implement. We should implement a trade deadline in IndyCar. That would be phenomenal. Ooh. Like you could trade drivers. You could trade like if you sign people to your de- like prospects. You could sign people to your development teams, your Indy Lights team. You could trade those guys. Strategy engineers and strategists that would be cool. I'm oh into that. Brian Herta and Colton, they're like in their heyday together, and then you just separate them. That so would that be you... pretty cool. <laughs> it, it, it Next would time cool. we run into Doug Bowles at the track, we got to pitch him on this. Yeah, I think it'll it'll sell. Uh, <laughs> it'll just add a little bit of flavor to the off season. I it would be cool, it would add a little bit of intrigue, I think. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work out like that, but you never know. Probably not. No, <laughs> but that's not really, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, is there anything else Toronto wise that you want to talk about? You've kind of covered think, a lot of the main points. I think we covered pretty much everything. You know, there were so many people up in front where it felt competitive, mm-hmm. uh, like the whole time. Um, I, you know, for a while there, I was like, Scotty Max up there. It, am I going to see a Scott McLaughlin win this year? Um, you, Well, you did and, see one because you wanted Barber. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Barber, like, <laughs> wow. Um, sorry. Yeah. I can't believe that just passes me by. Um, it just this was, this like, was a long time ago. It was April. Barber, Barber was also not my favorite race. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Uh. I remember Grosjean more at Barber for what he'd let a lot of laps there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. One of the least memorable races so far this year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, didn't Scott, Scotty won, uh, he won at Toronto last year though. Right. Scott won Dixon last... won at Toronto. Scott last Dixon. Year. Oh, I knew it was one of them. Um, Scott McLaughlin won at St. Pete last year. And, um, 
Portland and I want to say somewhere else. Just one second. Hmm. You know, in mid Ohio. Okay. Oh, I was mid Ohio. That, that makes sense. I remember watching him win a race recently. No, I didn't know if that was the Toronto rewatch or. Yeah. Mid Ohio. Yeah, um, yeah. He did kind of throw away a podium. I feel like <laughs> this week, like obviously they went with the strategy that they thought would work, but mm-hmm. obviously the strategy that Lungard went on was the right one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was right there with them the whole time. It's hard, hard to predict when there's so many yellows, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of the things about the street races that, you know, it's kind of so much fun to watch like yeah. Detroit. Hey, <laughs> listen, Detroit was okay. Um, it, it just felt like it kind of, I don't know. It felt like you were just turning back and forth, like go straight down, turn around, straight down, turn around. I mean, yeah, that kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> that the, <laughs> Like Toronto at least had like a few turns in it where I was like, oh crap, here's this passing zone. Okay. You it know. does have some good high speed corners for a street yeah. course. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. And Canada is just beautiful. So uh, <laughs> Detroit, beautiful in its own right. Um, but I mean, it's also uh, got a ton of urban blight. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we don't have to. We don't have to shit on you. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to poo poo on them, but like <laughs> I'm just talking about aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Toronto was like you had all those si- shots of the city. Shots I mean, of the you kind of had Detroit too. Yeah, but it also felt like I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna poo poo on Detroit, uh, but Toronto was cool. Yeah, Toronto's a good one. I I thought it was a great race too. A lot of. A lot of uh, interesting storylines. I I appreciated that there was immediately like two different strategies and that kind of added some intrigue. And um, one thing broadcast wise I did like was when they showed like the top three on each strategy. I thought that was really, really cool. And I think that would be super helpful for, you know, some people who don't fully understand what's going on. Yeah. And yeah, no, it definitely helped me. Um and it allowed the commentators to talk about it in a way that was digestible because he mm-hmm. had the graphic too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I thought overall it was good. I, I know it's probably going to be like their worst TV numbers of the year because it was only on Peacock, but mm-hmm. like not having as many commercials. I know I've given you shit for complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty nice, but it's nice not having commercials. I will give you that. And pretty. obviously I would love it if, IndyCar had no commercials, but I I'm not like is frustrated by the volume of them during a typical race as you are. Um, but it is nice. And it's just something I'll have to get used to. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you'll ever get used to it, but it just sucks when like something happens and yeah. then you come back to it. Yeah. So like, if you weren't born into it, you don't, you know. <laughs> You were born. This is your Batman. I'm Bane. <laughs> you adopted the darkness. I was born in it. <laughs> in the darkness is just that black peacock screen that says we will return yeah. to the program. Coverage will return momentarily. Or yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
It's the worst. It's like it's not even a commercial. You're just doing it to spite me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's it's just for you. (laughs) Whoever the CEO of NBC Universal is. I know Jerry's getting money from them somehow. Jerry Ryan's dwarf owner of the White Sox, but um, yeah. What are you going to do? I thought, you know, the Peacock thing, I guess it worked out. I don't know. Uh, It wasn't not like, you know, like the broadcast itself wasn't fundamentally different like it is with baseball, where it goes Mm -hmm. to Apple TV on Friday nights or Mm -hmm. like Sunday mornings on NBC or TNT. I don't know. I think it's Um, on Peacock, right? It might be on Peacock. (laughs) 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 Where like you have different camera angles, a whole different like graphic, like score bug. Like it wasn't fundamentally different like that. It was just Mm -hmm. the same thing. Yeah, Um, which almost makes it more frustrating because it's like they could do this. (laughs) (laughs) If they really wanted to, they could do it. Putting any bells and whistles on it, it's the same, same stuff. (laughs) It is. It is kind of incredible how much of a difference it makes (laughs) by just not having commercials. Yes, that is true. Um, But when you go to watch the replay, guess what? You got those commercials back. Gotta love it. Yeah. Well, anything else Toronto wise? Oh, um, before we Tom get into Iowa, Tom Bombquist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, went out in that first turn crash. Is, mm-hmm. does, does this technically count as his rookie year, even though he'll only have half a season? Like, how does that work out? That's a very good question. Um, I don't think so. Because, like Scott McLaughlin came in and raced at Saint. So in 2020, Saint Pete was like the finale because it got canceled at the beginning of the year and they rescheduled it for the end of the year. Nice. Um, and Scott McLaughlin came in and raced that race, but he was still a, a rookie. rookie for um for 2021. <laughs> so I don't think it will count as his rookie year. And like I know it's the same thing for the Indy 500. Like Jimmy Johnson in tw- like ran all the road street courses in 2021 and was a rookie then. And then or sorry. No, yeah, 2021. And then 2022 he ran the full season including the ovals. And he wasn't a rookie for like the season, but he was technically an Indy 500 rookie. Mm-hmm. So he won rookie of the year at the 500 even though it was his technically second year in IndyCar because it was his first 500. So it like works opposite ways too. Okay. But yeah. So like if he, if he runs full time next year, he would, it would be his rookie year. Okay. Well, that's um, good to know. But if like someone like, I don't know, like, I don't know if Stefan Wilson has ever run like a full IndyCar season. Mm-hmm. So like I think if he technically did. if he ran a full season he would be a rookie but he wouldn't be a rookie at the Indy 500. Hmm. I'm not don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly how it works, but it only matters for the record books. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no one really cares. But <laughs> yeah, they're not good. I mean, some people will be hey, he won it in his rookie year, you know, blah blah. blah. But that's yeah. about it. Yeah. That's all you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, we should talk Iowa. Um, yeah, we should. Because that's coming up this weekend, which I'm excited for it. I don't know about you. Um, Doubleheader, like last year, 
at the high V home front 250 on Saturday. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday, you've got the high V one step 250. What home front and one step mean, I have no clue. Um, but the one step 250 is on Sunday at 2 p.m. I like the those one are step. Eastern time. Do you it's know like what a... the, that means? What what are those? I mean, I know there's the Mississippi two step. Um, but I don't I I don't know. Uh <laughs> it's the Missouri one step. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the one step or home front. Uh maybe those are just code names. Uh, or be. maybe they're additional sponsors. But, it's probably well, something to do with high V. It probably is. I mean, like, well, it's so it's the high V home front two fifty presented by Instacart in the high V one step two fifty presented by Gatorade. So are the official names. Yeah. I mean, if those are related to the other sponsors, like Instacart or Gatorade, then that's really bad branding. But <laughs> I'm not here to talk about that because I don't really know crap about that. I'm an accountant. Yeah, we're um, not kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, and I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch either race live. Uh, <laughs> but it's going to be kind of crazy to have so much action packed into these two days. Kind of doesn't feel fair uh <laughs> some regard but uh you know because like I, I don't know i don't know i have to i'll have to experience it before i can come away with a real good critique yeah. uh but i mean yeah i guess i'm looking forward to it i i'm looking forward to it but with like a little bit of a caveat because i was there in person last year and they pretty much doubled ticket prices for for this year i well did you see they put out the promo code later yeah that... you texted me about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was they, not thrilled to, to see that yeah they put out a promo code honest. like a couple of weeks before the race probably because ticket sales weren't good where they reduced the price back to the old price <laughs> yeah which i looked at tickets today and there were more gone than I thought there were going to be, to be totally honest. Like, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job of actually getting people to show up. My wonder is, are you going to get more people there for Ed Sheeran and Zach Brown band than you're oh, going to get for IndyCar races? Which, I mean, there's something to be said about getting IndyCar in front of those people. Like, you could be introducing your product to people who would otherwise have no chance of being exposed to it. Mm -hmm. But like, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying like, <laughs> is the purpose of a race a or yeah. yeah. Well, and is, is it like, are you, is the race like, at what point does the product not become, you know, like the, the purpose product. of, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like I'm following it and like going to see it. Like, yeah, you might get those people to show up at Iowa every year and tune into races throughout the year. But like, if I'm priced out of going, <laughs> your hardcore fan. Yeah. 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 I, that no, if, if you're pricing out the hardcore fans or like maybe even just like send out uh email to everyone who's like subscribed to whatever indie car newsletter. Mm hmm you know, go through your like targetized marketing mm -hmm. for the promo code. Um, yeah. I don't know. Cause this was just kind of out there. Like, yeah, this was, 
I'm I'm sure there were Ed Sheeran fans passing this around. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I hope I, I I hope they, you know, keep their focus on the. Uh, it's also the Hive. It's all, isn't it like their headquarter getaway annual thing? Like, don't they have a bunch of workers out for this thing? Yeah. So Hive is like an Iowa company. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're like the grocery store in Iowa. Um, which no free ads, but I, I love Hive. <laughs> like whenever I'm out there, it's I'm I've never fire. been. It's it's uh it's a quality, especially if you go to one of the big ones. It's almost like Meyer. Like some of them have clothes and like some home goods and stuff. Like a nicer and, Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. In it's it, it's like halfway between like a Kroger and a Meyer. Okay. Um which I could talk all day about grocery stores. I love grocery <laughs> stores. I I wrote my senior thesis in college on grocery stores. I could talk. I could literally talk about it all day. I, I hate grocery shopping. I, mean, I love it. I just... love it. <laughs> I go to the grocery oh. store like every day purposefully because I love going. I don't buy those... a week's worth of groceries. I buy like a day at a time. I'm one of those guys who just says I get really bad anxiety about it. Um, You got to like pick the opportune times. Late at night, early in the morning. Those are like the times to go. I don't know, it's still a chore to me. <laughs> um, I mean, fair. I get it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the crowd is uh, for the race. As long as they're excited about the race, I don't really give a crap why they're there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that happens with Sox games all the time. People come to these games. They're definitely not fans. They're there for the giveaway days. And or you know they're not they're fans but they're not like hardcore hardcore fans. Well, um, yeah, I get that. But you also have eighty-one home games, and it's like the get in the door price is like eight dollars. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's a lot different than than two hundred dollars. Yeah, you have yeah. one weekend where they're in drivable range, and it's two hundred dollars to get in the door. It's very mm-hmm. different. Yeah, if I had known about that promo code. A little bit earlier there's a chance that i might be at the race um yeah. but uh I'm, I'm going somewhere else instead so <laughs> it is what it is yeah yeah i don't know it's i i mean i hope it's good and successful and i hope it continues in this format for years to come but yeah i'll always be a little soured by that until prices come back down to earth a little bit which i i don't know if they can like keep like in terms of the concerts, the, they definitely raised the bar this year. And I don't know if they could, there's not much further they can go <laughs> in terms of musical acts. Like Ed Sheeran is one of the most popular yeah. artists in the world. Like other than like Taylor Swift, <laughs> you know, like Taylor Swift and the Rolling Stones or whoever. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ringo and Paul McCartney and then and then uh T Swift. No, what are the holograms of like George oh. Harrison and John Lennon? Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, like I'm not sure they could get a yeah. bigger audience. Yeah. I mean they know how to market it, so mm-hmm. and it's probably great advertising for High V to have that concert series with them. So Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you know. Well, and I mean, if you go in any high V, like there's, I, I was in Mason City last weekend, and 
um, went in high V there and they've got signs everywhere. They've, they have some contests going on and big cardboard cutouts of Christian Lungard's car. And I even saw an actual cutout of Christian Lungard. Like they definitely, <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely like lean into it and they, they speak in my language, do what they can to get the word out there. And they're a good partner to have. I, they're trying to build and expand into indie which is kind of why they're marketing so hard in the IndyCar market. Hmm, but that's cool. Yeah. Well, good partner to have. Yeah. You know, if I, uh, if I have anything to think about this race, uh, I'm excited to get an oval. Yeah. I think I've done a complete 180 on ovals. Um, <laughs> I, now I, you're talking uh, my language. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like, I, I'm more excited for them because it's just it feels so on edge all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something innate about that that I don't think clicks with a lot of people who judge them from before they like understand. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think I got, you know, six months ago. So, well, I think I told you at some point, like imagine the fastest, most exciting corners on any road course. Like, Think about Spa, like Uroge. You mm. wrote, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. I've only seen it spelled out. You know, the fastest, like most intense corners on any road course. <laughs> like that's <laughs> you, that's what you're doing in an oval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's banked, which helps out a little bit, but you're still getting it right to the absolute limit. Yeah, no. And that's like, I'm just excited to see that again. I'm, I'm sad we don't have more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, uh, yeah, I, I get why they don't why, why there aren't more, but uh, there should be, nice. be more. And yeah. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to have more. I think. It's just it's more marketable to not do ovals as much right now. Or maybe it is. And I'm because I'm not again, I am an accountant. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of disagree with that because you look at NASCAR NASCAR is the most popular racing series in the U.S., it's even more pop is much hype as F1 has gotten like NASCAR still like triples F1 TV ratings. And yeah, NASCAR has kind of added some more road course racing the last couple of years, but it's still primarily like an oval series. So I do think it granted it's a very different, you know, it's a very different market, but I think there's the the interest is definitely out there. Okay. I I don't want to talk myself into like into becoming Tony George, but <laughs> I mean it, it's all right to have the, the the opinions um on on certain things like that. I think. Do you know who Tony George is? No idea. <laughs> you remember the split? Nope. We've talked about the split. Oh, the split. The split. The split. But the schism. Yeah, the schism. So Tony George was was I don't know if he no, he wasn't the chair. That was Mary Holman George. Basically, he like he started the IRL. Tony and he he's part of the family that used to own the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And his like it was his idea to have the all oval series. That's where so a lot of hmm. people hate Tony George. But he went an all oval. And I, I think it's very controversial to say, like, maybe Tony George was kind of right, but <laughs> it wasn't all right, but maybe he was a little bit right. I think we can all be adults about it. 
I think we could all, you know, be willing to admit he, there he was right about some things. Where's he at now? He um, riding an oval somewhere. I think he's kind of still involved in Ed Carpenter racing because Ed Carpenter is his son, uh, stepson. Kind of similar to like a Connor Daly situation. Whoa, this is all clicking to me now. Yeah. Um, I did that whole Ed Carpenter research. But I don't know how, if he's involved or like how heavily he's involved. But I mean, they sold like the the Holman George family sold the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar to Roger Penske in 2019. So hmm. don't think he's involved in any way with the series or the the track at this point outside of any involvement in Ed Carpenter racing, which again, I'm not totally sure on. Mm-mm. Okay. So that was Ed Kemp. All right. Ed Kemp, serial killer, IndyCar owner. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, don't I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. I forgot that guy's name. What was it? Tony George. Tony George. Tony George. It's locked in. Two first names. Tony George serial killer. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, he did a good job of killing oval or uh, open wheel racing in the United States. That's for sure. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Um, do you, I mean, I know. Nah, never mind. <laughs> um, okay. Who? Yeah. Uh, who are you liking this weekend in Iowa? Obviously, I mean, Joseph Newgarden, it's like, I know I said last week that Toronto was the house that Michael Antretti built, but Iowa is like truly the house that Joseph Newgarden built. It's like, he it's always, his territory. Yeah. He is dominant. It's like, he, I mean, out. I mean, he should have swept the doubleheader last year because he won on Saturday and then... Sunday he wrecked, but it was like a spring fit, like literally one of his, the suspension just imploded. <laughs> Shout out. Ocean that that's what, that's what happened to Grosjean. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It flew out of my hands. The thing just exploded. <laughs> um, But Joseph Newgarden has won at Iowa four times, and I'm pretty sure it's like four out of the last five races there. Dang. And there's another one year. So he's won a whole weekend? Well, it wasn't always a doubleheader. Um, But yeah, I'm going to read off his Iowa results for you. 2012 and 2013 notwithstanding he finished 19th and 15th that was his rookie and sophomore year with sarah fisher hartman racing um but 2014 he finished second 2015 he finished second 2016 he won 2017 he finished sixth 2018 he finished fourth 2019 he won 2020 he won well he finished fifth and then he won that was a double header um there was no race in 2021 and then 2022 he won and then he finished 24th um crashing out from the lead (laughs) so his worst finish in since 2014 is sixth yeah yeah. that's kind of (laughs) nuts yeah so 
I mean, he's obviously the runaway favorite at Iowa. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to have that place where it's like, yeah, this is where I, this is my place, man. You're well, all well, you're all welcome to come compete against me, I guess. <laughs> well, and it's cool because he's like the only one who has a place like that, you know? Yeah. Like it used to be Brian Herta was the guy at Laguna Seca. Like mm. <laughs> he, you could always count on him to be up front there. Um, but obviously Brian Herta wasn't as good as Joseph Newgarden. He doesn't have 20 something wins or whatever. He has like four <laughs> in his career. So like, it was just like a weird aberration where he randomly just, you know, always did it at Laguna Seca. Yeah. Um, Joseph Newgarden has obviously won a lot of races, a lot of places, but like for whatever reason you get him here and he is like truly in a league of his own. The smell um, of that. That sweet, sweet corn. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's just like an absolute corn monster. <laughs> he <laughs> lives out. off it. Yeah. I mean, I, I always hear good things about the Des Moines flea market. Maybe he's got like a secret source there. Um, the Des Moines flea market. Are you talking about the farmer's market? The farmer's market. Sorry. Yeah. The Des Moines farmer's market. I absolutely 100% agree with whoever's been telling you that because it is top notch. I've had multiple people. <laughs> I had... Maybe the best grilled cheese of my life at the Iowa Farmers Market. Just throwing that out there. I can I cannot remember whose tent it was or like what was on it or anything. I just remember like having a religious experience eating this grilled cheese on Court Ave. Well, I hope someday that I'm out there for that farmers market and then I'm spending the rest of my day at a double adder of IndyCar. I'm um, pretty sure it's every Saturday morning for like I know, almost that's, the entire year. It's like that's why it's possible. You can make that happen. <laughs> well yeah you got to go out for it yeah um so i mean new garden i don't want to i don't want to spoil my predictions too hard but i will say he's in there he's involved <laughs> in my predictions um well i i mean we can just get into it i kind of feel like it was in like like you picking below the last two weeks i kind of felt like it was Kind of cheap to pick new garden <laughs> okay okay <laughs> just call me and call it as you see it i mean i i called you out on it last week yeah and the week before if i were a betting man which i am but i've never bet on indycar for whatever reason i don't know if it's set up under like I, i'm not a huge betting guy but uh <laughs> um yeah i just never tried um <laughs> You know, uh, I, I would bet on New Garden to win. So like, that's what I'm going to say here. I'm not going to say he's good. And the thing is, I don't think he'll win. I feel like he won't have it for whatever reason. He's still living off that 500 high. Um, And uh, I think I think Palo and Herta are going to win. Palo and Juan Herta and the other. I don't know which order. I feel like as much as everyone is hyping up Joseph New Garden, I feel like it's bound to not happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know like everyone's talking about it too much that yeah that we're all aware of how good new garden is here yeah. yeah and it's just not gonna work out that way this year um i'd like you and picking colton herda and uh i'm also gonna take will power because he was i think he was on the pole for one of the races last year maybe both i can't totally remember he's on podium for detroit right Did i say podium or pole you said 
I don't know what you said. I can't remember. Well, I think um, he's he was on poll last year for both. Or no, I, I can't remember if he's on poll for both, but he was definitely but, on poll for one of them. But I do think he I mean, he was definitely on the podium for both last year. I was just saying he had a podium at Detroit. He almost had a podium last week. Like he's been good. So I think that's, you know, that's a decent pick, to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, I think can't remember they said they mentioned it on the broadcast he's like had a win in you know like 15 straight seasons or something so he's gonna need one at some point here to keep the streak going and this might be his best shot the way the rest of the year's gone mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm kind of kind of pulling for him a little bit um i would not be surprised if joseph newgarden wins both even though i just said <laughs> i feel like it's not going to happen just because we're all talking <laughs> I don't think he'll so win. Much. I don't think he'll win both. He I think that's pretty... absolutely should have won both. And it was like I said, I was there in person last year. It you could see it just sitting in the stands. You could see how much faster he was than everyone else. He it was obvious. And is he didn't like I said, Will Power was on the pole at least for the second race last year, and. Will Power led maybe the first stint or like the first half of the first stint or something. And eventually Newgarden passed him and he checked out. It was his race to lose. And obviously he lost it. Wasn't any fault of his own. But it it was him and everyone else. It, he was in a class of his own. Truly like untouchable. I can oh, yeah. absolutely see that happening again this year. And like those setup packages and you know, all that data that they have from these last handful of years, that doesn't go away. So like, yeah. And we know he's probably in Nashville watching the film right now. <laughs> yeah. Know. On his jumbo, on his big screen and his theater, his home yeah, theater with his, his, you know, kiddo and the wife, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. Letting dad have his dad time putting <laughs> in the work. Yeah. Well, speaking I, of Nashville, I don't know if you have anything else, Iowa. Uh, I guess we do, we do have to make our other predictions. Sorry, I got to jump the gun a little bit there. Well, uh, contrary to popular belief, I my winners were Polo and Herta. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my other prediction would be New Garden double podium. I think he does well, but I don't yeah. think he wins it. That's, so that's a good balance. I like that. That's yeah. you're you're playing the favorites, but not like too. You know, you're not going all in on them. I like that. Okay, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, my other pick is a top five for Ryan Hunter Ray. Ryan Hunter Ray has won at Iowa twice. Um, Connor Daly qualified well here last year. I don't think he had the best results in race, but um, they for whatever reason, Ed Carpenter, yeah, Ed Carpenter Racing has that that oval magic. I don't know if I'm I'm pretty sure Ed Carpenter is racing this weekend. I didn't actually check to look at any entry list or anything, but. I'm sure they are. Um, yeah, I think Ryan Hunter Ray has a good weekend this weekend. I think he, you know, kind of draws upon the uh, the golden years, or I guess not the golden years, the golden days. I don't know. Happy days. Happy days. Uh, Whatever. We're... <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> we're 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 quickly approaching hour two here. So hey, when Christian Lungard wins a. When when Christian Lungard wins a fucking race, you're allowed to have a two hour session dedicated solely yeah. to just Christian Lungard. 
well, we can maybe we can do that next week. <laughs> a special episode. Um yeah. just two hours of you talking about Christian Lingard. I could. I think I could. Um all right. Well, how you feeling? I'm I, I'm feeling good. I I I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say about Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll, we're gonna see it as it comes. Yeah. New Garden will probably be good. And the cool thing is, is it's right here. It is ready and roaring to go. No wait between. Um, yeah. And I love that, man. I I don't oh, know. Yeah. I I feel like I used to like the pacing every other week thing, but like now I'm just like, boom, give me the next one. Give me the next one. It is good to get that momentum rolling. Uh, yeah, I love a couple weeks in a row where you got to race every weekend. Um, they need more of that in the schedule, I think. Yeah, <laughs> fewer month long breaks. <laughs> I don't know what if cool. anyone would argue with me on that one, but yeah, yeah. Um, right. one major news item to talk about, and I don't know if I'd totally Dang. call it a news item, but um, Adam Stern from the Sports Business Journal. It wasn't a full-blown report, but it was a tweet. Um, And he tweeted out that IndyCar and the Nashville Grand Prix are in advanced discussions um, to host the season finale. Not this year, obviously, but in the future in Nashville. Like the, oh, the my gosh. season-ending race would be in Nashville. That, um, I mean, from what you've told me, that's chaotic. It is very chaotic. The caveat I have to that um, is that the Tennessee Titans are building a new stadium and part of the new stadium footprint is where the current street course for IndyCar is. Hmm. So they're going to have to change the layout of the track. Um, and I do feel like part of what makes it so chaotic is that it is very narrow and um, bumpy in sections. They go across the bridge over the river and back. That's very bumpy. I don't know if that will work with any potential new layouts. Like it might be to- like a totally new track that we've never seen before. It might not even include any of its current components. So it's hard to say what it will look like in the future, but um, I would not be surprised if it was still a street course, but yeah, I was curious how you felt about that. I mean, if it's knowing close, you're not exactly thrilled about some of these. Yeah. If it's courses. like, yeah, like if it's a close championship race and they were like, yeah, we're going to finish on Detroit. I'd be like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's like, like anywhere else would be like, you know, like even that, like, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen Nashville, but if Nashville's like Detroit, where it's just back and forth and a bunch of crashes, I don't want to, you know. I mean, that, that doesn't really get me excited for a finale. I'm kind of with you, to be honest. Like, yeah, I get why they would want it there. It's like a cool, it's like they currently do it in Laguna Seca, which is, you know, out in Monterey in California, which is great for the sponsors. Like, hospitality wise, you're, you know, you're out in wine country and. Mm-hmm. Right by Pebble Beach, you got the ocean and there's just this beautiful scenery up in the hills and everything like that. But um, from party, you know, celebrate celebratory kind of event atmosphere, it's kind of lacking. And Nashville would definitely give you that because it seems like the city has definitely like embraced 
the race. Oh, they have. I was there uh, um, almost, you know, a month and a half ago. And then mm-hmm. one of the breweries I was at, they had a replica of the, of a, you know, the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was just sitting there. And I was like, is that the actual thing? You know, I did the whole touristy thing. And I was like, oh, no, it's. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's cool but, here. But people definitely embrace it, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I like that part of it. But, yeah, I don't love the idea of a street course being the last race of the year. I mean, I'm okay. I mean, it just depends on the street course, I think. But, yeah, I mean, Nashville yeah. Nashville's just going to be like, hey, you're going to crash. And if you survive, you, you <laughs> win the championship. That's not exactly my... Uh, I I would you know it it'd be like well yeah uh we would be having conversations like yeah well you know Joseph Newgarden would have won the championship if he wasn't uh, yeah in that wreck yeah I mean it is your responsibility to stay out of trouble but at some point like I mean you look at lap one turn one this week in yeah. Toronto like some stuff's kind of out of your control yeah St. Like, Pete same thing yeah. like yeah <laughs> huge pi- like huge pile up what are you gonna do there's nowhere to go so yeah i don't know if i love it i there's i don't know if it's a mile i think it might be like a mile and a quarter but there's an oval it's concrete which is kind of weird and in nascar recently went back there um and indycar used to race there back in like the mid to late 2000s um I would not mind seeing them go to the oval there and finishing there. I think IndyCar should end the season on an oval. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, Granted, it's not the best. Best. um, It's not the most representative of the year as a whole, but I don't know. I, I feel like that is what makes IndyCar unique in finishing it on an finishing the year on an oval is you know, it's only something IndyCar could do, and they need to lean into that. I can see that that pitch. I, what if, uh, what if I throw another curveball at you? What if they ended the whole thing on a doubleheader weekend, where you have an oval and a road course? That would be cool. I'm totally that, into that. Like, yeah, right. Then you get like, okay, you know, you, you might. You might have a guy who's like real good at ovals. He's been good at ovals all year, but like he's got to perform well there just to like seal the deal too. That would be very cool. I don't know if the logistics of that would actually actually work, but that is the kind of new innovative idea that could get IndyCar some attention. Yeah. So I think you're onto something there. I, I mean, obviously my immediate reaction was hell yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't know how practice like it would be difficult to like schedule practices and stuff. They had like oh. street course on Saturday and an oval on Sunday. For sure. Probably have to start on like Wednesday. Yeah. And <laughs> but... it might not be able, yeah, you might not be able to go like yeah, the logistics might be weird, but still. But I that would make be... it like a true event, like mm-hmm. citywide, get the whole town involved really drum up some attention and in some hype and excitement. I don't know. Massive swing one way and then maybe a massive swing the other way the next day. You never yeah. know. Yeah. No, I think that would be really cool. I'm yeah. into that idea. We need to make that happen. All right. Doug Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> we need to call up Doug Bowles and Dave Letterman. See what we can do. 
<laughs> Doug, how you doing? <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I, I'm good. I don't have anything else I need to say unless there's cool. something. I, I only say. got one one more thing to say before we do our the sign off. Just thank you, Christian Lungard. Uh <laughs> For everything you've done for me as a fan. He did it for you, Tyler. I feel like he did. Uh I could not be more excited. I still I'm I've been like kind of living off of this for a while. Uh even when I was painting my friend's house and it was only qualifying and he got pulled. I was like, hell yeah, dude. You don't even know what this means to me. <laughs> um <laughs> well, you're I I'm happy for you, especially as a Sox fan, knowing how long it's been <laughs> since I went. <laughs> Since you've had anything good happen to you. Yeah, so sports wise, this you, is what I this is about as much as I got going for me. Yeah. So but uh you know, if you guys want to get in contact with us, um for whatever you want to say, you wanna give your opinion on uh, the Iowa Grand Prix, uh you wanna tell us that we're dumb, you wanna tell us that we're nice, you know, that's that's cool. Reach out to us at sixteen streetpod at gmail.com. That's one six street pod at gmail.com. You can send us a DM on Twitter. I know Elon just changed the rules on us. We set our settings up so that anyone can DM us. Um, you don't have to follow us or anything like that. I don't think unless he changes the rules again, but uh, you know, someone sent us a DM earlier. That was very nice. And we appreciate you. Uh, so, uh, but our Twitter handle is one six street pod. And then, uh, so he's AJ. I'm Tyler. Uh, leave a review if you can subscribe uh, if you feel so inclined and then uh, shout out to penny wishes for our intro and outro music thanks everyone peace bye three two one Here they come, coming to the finish line, Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it?